Initiating startup sequence. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Loud and Queer today with myself, Christian, uh, Evie, and Rob. So, um, my name is Christian. I'm 22 years old, but uh, 23 on April the 10th. It's coming up soon. <laughs> um, take note, April the 10th, plugging my own birthday on this show. Um, and uh, I'll identify, uh, I, will, I will go with queer today. This is a queer week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about as specific as I'm willing to get. And uh, use he, him pronouns. Yeah, um, AV, I'm 23 and... I'm bisexual and transfeminine. My pronouns are she, hers, or they, them. And my name is Rob, and as you know, I am 23 years old, identify as queer, and my pronouns are he, him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's me. (laughs) So yeah, today is quite a, um, well, quite a special show, really. We're getting in early for our Transgender Day of Visibility, which is next Saturday, I believe. Uh, the specific yeah, pretty day? Pretty short Saturday, yeah. Yeah, the 31st of March, right? Yeah, yeah. Saturday. Um, so rather than coming in a day late, we're coming in six days early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, so obviously we've got plenty to talk about uh, today around, around that day. Um, the best thing about coming out uh, as whatever you might be coming out as, because there's lots of things to come out as, um, and there's lots of things to come out, there's lots of places to come out into. Um, and lots of ways to do it, obviously. There's lots of variables. Uh, and we'll also be talking about um, uh, empathy and film characters. Um, so basically characters where movies sort of position us to empathise with or to not empathise with. Um, and the main suspects will be Love, Simon. The movie's getting quite a bit of attention recently, um, mostly because it's new and fabulous. Um, and also, of course, Disney villains. That was going to have to come up at some point, seeing <laughs> as this is a queer show. <laughs> All right. Um, Should we go to the first song? Yes. Okay, so the first song we've got up for you is Koi by Leaf. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. My name is Eve, and we just heard uh, Tear the House Up by Zebra Cats and featuring Herv. And before that, we heard Koi by Leaf. Um, So... To start with today, we're talking about Transgender Day of Visibility. That's on the 31st of March every year, which is this coming Saturday. And for this segment, we're going to be joined by our producer, Jay. Hello. You can't see me, but I am trans. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. Um, Hi, my name's Jay. I produce this show every week. I've been in the studio the entire season, but you haven't heard from me. My pronouns are they, them. I'm 23 years old, and I identify as a non-binary transmasculine individual who is also bisexual. Nice. Thank you. And most importantly, <laughs> we all love Jay. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, man, so blessed. I think my mic's up way too loud. <laughs> I'm just going to be watching that. Yeah, Trans Day Visibility, guys. Uh, do you know what it is? Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, and I am extremely excited to learn about it. I, I don't know a whole lot about it either. <laughs> I, uh, don't I think worry, I did the research. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like a day when people post selfies of themselves on Tumblr and they're like, hey, look, I'm trans, right? <laughs> oh, kind of. It's, uh, it started in 2009 because mm-hmm. pretty much the only transgender 
you know, day every year was Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is about, you know, predominantly it's about remembering people who were, you know, murdered in transphobic incidents mm-hmm. or, you know, and that's extended to, like, people who've committed suicide yeah. and it's, you know, it's pretty rough, grim kind of day and... Oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, I put the number for Q-Life on the run sheet, um, uh, yep. which uh, is just there. If um, uh, I think they start at three and they go through pretty much most of the night if anyone is feeling sad and they need to give someone a call. It is... Um, 1-800-184-527. Fantastic. Right on. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Transgender Day of Visibility was started in 2009 pretty much to go, hey, there's a bunch of us who are alive and are going through our own struggles and difficulties and, you know, our own joyous events as well. And these are all things that kind of need to be acknowledged and pushed forward to be able to, you know, deliver this message to more people. We're kind of just, for the most part, hey, we exist. Here's how things work. Yeah, like presenting, like, a visible living face rather than having our only annual day be hey a whole bunch of people died Um, because they actually do a thing at Transgender Day of Remembrance where they read the names of everyone who's passed that year in the community and so that being like the only time that we acknowledge that there is a community was really rough yeah totally so yeah 2009 coming up to the decade next year one decade next year do you reckon there'll be a big event for it or anything like that? Yeah, well, let's have a, like a mini centenary. Yeah. There'll be a big event at my house. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, from, like, from what I've kind of gathered, there is a few big events that are predominantly in the US. Like, it, it, it did start in the US. And, well, it, it's an international kind of thing that is kind of the centre of you know, a lot the same way it's the centre of a lot of culture. And yeah, yeah. and it's it's something that like I think with events, and I could be wrong because I haven't actually been to one, but I think the events kind of focus more on getting trans people together in one place because it comes right before I think coming up is the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, and Transphobia, mm. Idaho Hobbit, um, and that can be quite white ribbony and focused on like. Um, getting allies involved and getting everyone involved in this struggle, whereas Trans Day of Visibility isn't really about the struggle. It's kind of just more about like celebrating yourself and your body and your journey with gender and how it's been. Hmm. So yeah. uh, why um, I'm curious about the name, um, specifically the word visibility. Why? Because I guess there's lots of like words that could have been chosen for you know Trans Day of. It's not that far away from existence as well, to some extent, even. Um, but yeah, why do you think visibility? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. Who came yeah. up with it? Oh, well, it was pretty much the name and the event was originally organised by activist groups, primarily to bring attention to the issues that a lot of trans people face. And so, making it a day of visibility was very much to emphasise, hey, like. We're right here. We exist. Look at us. Mm. Here's the things that are, you know, making our lives more difficult or messing with our lives. And I... here's the ways that we would like to address these. Yeah, and one of the things that messes with your life is being invisible sometimes. Because yes. I was actually I was actually sitting in a bar like a few months ago, 
um, drinking soda water, if anyone listening is under the age of 18. Um, <laughs> I, and I was there and I was, there was this guy and he was from like somewhere in Western Europe and he was like a friend of a friend and he was a tourist and he was sitting there talking to my friend really loudly uh, in front of me being like, you know what, I see lots of transgender people in the part of Europe that I'm from. Um, but I don't ever see any trans people in Melbourne. And I was sitting, like, right next to him. <laughs> and then there was someone sitting behind him who was a trans woman as well. And I'm like, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we don't... Like, we just look like people. Like, Fuck yeah. Yeah, so the visibility thing, I think, is... Like, I find that the most interesting part of it is, like, trans people just look like everyone else. Totally. <laughs> and it's so weird that people have, like, a lot of straight people... Um, in general, and like, a lot of um, cisgendered people just generally have, like, this weird perception of, like, what trans is yeah. and, like, what trans should look like, which is, like, completely stupid um, because just like um, your sexuality, there's all different forms and there's all different... The way I understand it, there's different... There's a whole spectrum of it. And I, I'm assuming, coming from a very limited perspective, that there is a big spectrum of, um, of transness. yeah. Yeah, it's like the entire spectrum of gender. I think I've heard it referred to as a, a galaxy before. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's more than yeah, it's more than a spectrum. It's so massive. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know, a lot of the time you know, you've got your stereo- stereotypical image of trans femininity, which is very frequently more influenced by drag queens than it is mm. like by cis drag queens than it is by trans feminine people. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't know that trans masculine people exist, full stop. Hey. Uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> that, you know, exclusively assume that binary trans people are the only trans people who exist or actively deny the, ex- you know, the existence and the experiences of non binary people. Like, bringing all of that into a place where it's just like look this is the thing this is this exists is very difficult yeah totally um yeah absolutely and i I, I can't even imagine the kind of like the struggle as well um going through that sort of stuff as well um yeah because i can imagine it'd be so tough but like i said it's it's not really about the struggle it's just about yeah i don't know I think I might do like a, a selfie in our Facebook group when we um, <laughs> totally <laughs> when when it comes up to the actual day of March thirty first because it's like I feel like for me that's what it means. Yeah, like, a it's lot not of it's just very about joyous. selfies, but it is about like, <laughs> hey, look, we we've got issues and this is our struggle and we're still alive because of this, this and this. But also, look at how hot we are. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and you guys are going to talk a little bit about film, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to jump off mic and do more tweeting. Yeah, it was great to hear from you, Jay, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Um, this is I Know a Place by Muna and you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Uh, before we were playing uh, I Know a Place by Muna and just up was Heavy Cross by Gossip shout out Beth Ditto is amazing and this segment we're going to be talking about uh, screen media pretty much and uh, characters that we are positioned to maybe not empathise with but we end up empathising with for some reason Uh, and I think Christian's going to talk about a film that he's seen recently called Love, Simon 
that's yeah, that's something that got me started about this kind of thing. Um, because the main character of that film is well, he's queer and he's very um, main charactery. I guess that sums up a lot of <laughs> what he's like. In that you're very much meant to empathize with him. Um, whereas like the antagonist of that movie, not necessarily like a villain per se, like a, a mustache twiddling villain, just kind of like the antagonist, the one who like causes problems for the main character. Um, is very socially awkward. And this is like a high school film. So basically I was seeing on screen um, like two things I could definitely relate to with my own high school experience, like being queer, um, closet queer, and, and being socially awkward. Um, and one of them you were supposed to, one of them was supposed to um, like elicit empathy from the audience, queerness, whereas a social awkwardness, you were supposed to look at the socially awkward guy and not really empathize with him. Just think like, why is he socially awkward? Why does he have to be socially awkward? Like, why is a socially awkward guy being why socially awkward? Like, why can he not be socially awkward? Um, that was, yeah, that that was basically ra- rather than kind of just sort of thinking, oh, he's socially awkward. Let's move on to like you know the other parts of his personality, what, what else he is as a person, his interests. Um, let's you know feel something for him. It mm-hmm. was just that was meant to like be used. His social awkwardness is meant to basically be like a tool to block any empathy you might feel for him at all mm-hmm. um conflicting feelings about the movie basically mm-hmm. um but yeah obviously like empathy is a very powerful tool um not just in screen but um in sort of you know obviously life in general um but like screen so you know film tv games um that's definitely like a very it's a very common point of reference for people to uh, you know um like discuss themselves or the people that they know like sort of through obviously that prism of characters they might see on screen um and a lot of the times i mean no you know obviously it's it's such a huge part of um childhood as well yeah and learning about the world um to the, you know to the point even where like there's there's always this been this push with um screen media for children that you know if it's for children it, it can't just be entertaining it should also be pedagogical you know educational in some way totally um whether that be you know teaching them about numbers and letters or just sort of teaching them morals mm-hmm. um there's always been this sort of consideration around you know, if you're making this for children or you know young people um which is us i guess i guess we're including this as well mm-hmm. you're meant to sort of be teaching something teaching something good mm-hmm. um and empathy is certainly one of the most important things that you can be teaching um or not teaching either way i think it's very powerful yeah um yeah so rob i think i heard you say might have been able to think of a couple of um, characters you weren't supposed, you felt like you weren't supposed to empathise with, but you still did anyway because uh, you make your own choices. <clears throat> I don't know, like uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I empathised a, a bit too much with Ramsay Snow, <laughs> not because I'm like a sadistic creep, but mainly because like all his motives for doing what he does is kind of like for the approval of some sort of authority figure, which in his case was his dad. Hmm. Um, my case wasn't my father because my father's incredible. Um, but yeah, I kind of like related to the fact that all the reasons he did what he was doing, apart from being completely crazy, um, hmm. was for the approval of somebody. And I feel like I relate to a lot of characters that do things for approval or to be liked or characters that are um, usually taken the piss out of or bullied a lot. Like, I related a lot. I'm sure everyone relates a lot to um, Carrie in the movie Carrie, Mm -hmm. how she kind of, like, 
you know, she's quite shy, gets bullied a lot, and then, like, gets taken to the prom, gets, like, peaked by dumped on her, and, like, kind of loses it and kills everybody, <laughs> which is, like, totally fair in my book, so I'm like, I would have done the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, usually, like, every kind of, um, every kind of person that, I don't know, is kind of bullied or just taken the mickey out of and made fun of, I, I, I really relate to them. And, like, classic people from Skins, like, me being a teenager, I was like, I'm so misunderstood, like, no one gets me, blah, blah. Like, I related to, like, most of the characters from there. Um, even even the ones that were kind of, like, positioned in a way that they were really aggressive and violent. Um, it always came from a place of being misunderstood or not being, like, yeah, not being understood. Yeah, that's and that's where my, my thing comes from. What about you, Evie? Yeah, I I definitely, like, particularly growing up, a lot of what I would end up sympathising with, with were kind of villains that were just so out of place compared with the moral system that the rest of the movie was kind of interacting with. Mm. Because, and particularly, I used to watch a lot of old movies. My dad was really into, like, 50s, 60s kind of epics and westerns and that kind of thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I got really big into, like, a lot of westerns, for example. Amazing. It's just like, you know, it's either, all right, I'll, I'm rooting for either the Native Americans or the people who are, you know, running away from the, this police officer who's just shooting people randomly. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like a lot of sympathising with villains just because the frame that you're looking at it, it you know, now yeah. or 10 years ago when I was younger like the frame that you're looking at them through is just so completely different to what it was obviously written with the intention of yeah. um, but yeah other than that you know, just give over the top camp villains where it's just like yeah but they're the, they seem like the only fun one yeah totally I, um, I, like totally I, I, I always <laughs> this is really silly but like zombie films I always really <laughs> empathise with like zombies because I'm, like, I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. They're just dead and hungry. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you all killing them off? Like, they just want, they just want to eat. Like, <laughs> everyone's gonna eat. <laughs> and like, yeah, I empathise with them because like, everybody that's like runs away from them, like tries to kill them and stuff. And I get it because they're really aggressive. But like, they don't know any better. That's just their nature. Hmm. Yeah. So I empathise with them, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I think like the same thing kind of applies with, um, like. A lot of I I used to watch a lot of like James Bond movies and that kind of stuff, totally. and there was de- there's definitely a couple of points where it's just like, all right, this villain is so over the top, cartoonish, yeah, that they haven't bothered to actually give them much of a motive, and yeah. their motive kind of just seems to be, oh, you're all terrible leaders. I could do a better job at this, yeah, or oh, I really just want to make some money. And I'm like, I can sympathise with that. Totally. (laughs) So I think we are going to go to another song. And this song is called For You, I Will, brackets, Confidence by Teddy Giger. Apply for a Sin Access Scholarship and train for free Free, free. by visiting syn.org.au forward slash access. You're listening to Sin Nation. For you. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Uh, before we listen to For You, I Will by Teddy, I want to say 
Giga, but I feel like it's more fitting to say Giga ah, today. I want to say Gejer. Gejer. We could talk all day about all the things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up this segment, we're going to talk about what the best thing is about coming out. And this Ooh. is something that I love to talk about <laughs> so much. Um, but if anyone wants to go before me, feel free to talk because I'm just going to steamroll. Or I can start with your story. All right, cool. So <laughs> the best thing about coming out is um, for me because I'm so dramatic. Uh, I love the shock factor and I love the um, the reaction that people have because I don't give a, I don't give a shit <laughs> what people think about me anyway. So the way I came out to like kind of my parents was my mum kind of like took me out for lunch and we were just like having a chat and my younger sister was there and my mum was like oh you know how's your life been how's your love life kind of thing I'm like oh yeah it's going pretty good like went on a date the other day and I was like oh yeah what was her name and I was like oh, her name was Connor <laughs> my mum's like Connor and I'm like yeah his name, her name was Connor and I was like Connor as in like as in like a man and I'm like yes mum a man um, I date men as well and my mum literally she's holding her fork up to like her mouth and like mm. it like the food that she was eating like dropped off the fork and my younger sister like didn't know how to react she was freaking out because she'd known for ages and it was just like really really amazing just kind of seeing that whole shock it gave me everything that I needed to live like (laughs) seriously (laughs) it was so good but um someone else was coming out story come on Evie yeah I I because I've kind of had coming out twice yeah of course like I've had coming out as bisexual and coming out as trans and, like, unfortunately, I didn't really have much choice in coming out as bisexual. Mm-hmm. Like, um, at least within, like, when I was in year 12 at my high school, like, I was kind of outed among, like, the other people in my year level by one of the few people I was actually out to at the time. Mm, love that. Um, yeah, and so that was pretty not fun yeah it was not a particularly safe place to be out yeah um yeah whereas you know but then coming out as by to my parents for example or to you know the friends that have made after high school it was i always just approached it very matter of fact just like oh yeah that's the person i'm dating meet Meet this guy I'm dating. Meet this girl I'm dating. Meet this non-binary person I'm dating. Yeah, like it's very, yeah, it's not something I've approached with a lot of just out or anything like that. Yeah, um, what's just out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not something I've approached with like huge levels of like oh, I need to tell everyone this straight away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whereas coming out as trans, like. I, yeah, that was really nice to be able to do that mm-hmm. on my own terms. And, yeah, it was, it, that's something that was kind of gradual. I was like, you know, chat, explain, yeah, it was very, I had to sit down and explain yeah. things to people. It's just like, like, especially a lot of people who don't know anything about it, they're just like, oh, you're going to get the surgery? Yeah. Okay. And it's just like, why do you care what I'm doing with my junk? <clears throat> yeah, because the first <laughs> but, thing people think of. Uh, yeah, and it's like, I just like, I understand why a lot of people find it very like, uncomfortable. I find it hilarious. I'm just like, why, 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 where's your brain going? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, 
yeah, and but yeah, it's very nice to do that on my own terms. Yeah. And yeah, like that's a very slow process. But at the same point, like now it's I don't really come out to people if yeah. I'm meeting new people now because totally. it's just like, all right, I got a voice like this, and I look how I do. You know, I have breasts. I you know, <laughs> don't like. You know, I frequently, you know, like I get gendered correctly the majority of the time. Mm. I think most people pick up pretty quickly. Hey, you're probably trans, and it's just like, yeah, I don't need to do any more than that. Yeah, totally. But yeah, you know, it's super rewarding. I had to come out in order to kind of work out a whole bunch of other stuff about my personality, or it's just like, oh. This is the thing I've sussed out now. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Now I'm a lot more comfortable thinking <laughs> about what I actually want to do with my life and what I want in my relationships. And yeah. Good. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. It's it's a very rewarding process. Totally. Hmm. Um, probably the most memorable coming out story I have um, would be like the very first one. So I was, oh gosh, I think I might have been like 15 at the oldest. Oh my God, young. Um, but like very the smallest scale sort of coming out you can do it was it was just to one person this was um my sister at the beach so it was just her and i in the water um so really quite poetic in that way um really there was no one else around like to hear um and it wasn't a full it, it was just sort of the boat the first sort of honest like i think i might be gay because that's honestly where my thinking was at the time like that wasn't code for i am but I'm trying to soften the blow. Mm -hmm. That was the... This is what I'm actually thinking. Um, Yeah, I don't think I really have that many... Because because I do certainly see how it can... It's... (laughs) Gosh, yeah. It's just such a fun sort of way... It can be such a fun kind of way just to, like, create drama and to get a reaction because it feels like you're not really having to expend much effort to do this. I mean, when, when I say, you know, get a reaction, like, no, not... Not in any sort of serious way, just, you know, when people feel like they have to have a reaction to the, the coming out or, like, a response. So when you, you or, you know, whether whether you want to call it, like, a coming out or whether it's just, like, you know, mentioning it in conversation. Yeah. Like people who feel like they have to make some kind of a comment yeah. um, and evaluative comment, you know, like, one way or the other. Um, or, like, to have a reaction uh, when really I don't think you have to have one, really. Like, coming out is queer. I, I mean, I, I'm... I guess the only exception is like if you, if this is the first person you have come out to, and that's actually what you need is like an acknowledgement. Um, but most of the time, you know, I think it's safe to agree that when people are coming out, they're not always uh, de- looking for a response. Oh, totally. Um, mm. Yeah. And like. So if you, if you're, yeah. So like if you're, I, I guess this is advice for somebody on the other side. Like if somebody's coming out to you. Um, and like, and if you're not queer yourself, and you can't, there's parts of it you can't really relate to, um, and you can't think of anything to say, you don't really have to say anything. Yeah, it's is just yeah, my likely it, an estimation. It, it, yeah, it can be helpful to make it clear. Yeah, like that you're supportive, especially if you're mm. somebody who's might be one of the first people mm. who this person's come out to. Like coming out as trans, like it was very. I was mm. terrified. I was petrified at what people's reaction would be. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was very nice to just get a, oh, cool. <laughs> like, that that's a much better reaction than, oh, how does that work? Yeah. 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 If it yeah. feels anticlimactic, that's probably a good thing. Really. Yes. 
But yeah, um, coming up now, we have Censor This by Tribe 8. Censor This by Tribe 8. They don't censor that. That was a great song. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sination uh, with Christian, Eve, and Rob. We are just about out of time, but uh, we just wanted to uh, froth thing some things, or not froth some things. Um, I guess I'm going first. I've been to the beach a lot recently, <laughs> um, which is always nice uh, um, and kind of related to what Eve, I believe, you're about to bring up for yeah. your froth because oh. I've heard your froth yes. while I've been doing my froth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, yesterday my... Well, yeah, one of my partners got us tickets to the Grand Prix for my birthday. And wow. so went to the Grand Prix yesterday and because I'm a car nerd and she's a car nerd, we both had a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And, sure. nice. yeah, got to have a yeah, really cool experience. <clears throat> Awesome. So what I've been frothing this week is putting together um, a zine that I'm working on, Uh, just being able to reach out to a bunch of different creative people and seeing, you know, what they've, what they want to submit and stuff like that. The zine is going to be called Venom and Other Forms of Love. And it's all about uh, toxic moments in relationships that were great at the time, but in retrospect, you realize we're actually quite toxic. And uh, it doesn't have to just be about um, romantic love. It can be about amicable love and familial love and all types of love. So I'm plugging that anyway. <laughs> but that's also something that I'm frothing putting together. Yeah. Uh, speaking of plugs, we have a few things to plug. Mm-hmm. Um, our podcast. So if you'd like to listen to this episode all over again or any of the previous ones or, you know, you catch up if you've missed any of them um you can catch those on uh, omni itunes and soundcloud and uh sin.org.au of course as well um remember sin is s-y-n not s-i-n um always important to clarify that uh i remember you can also follow us on twitter at SinLoud, and we have a facebook group called the sin nation loud and queer community cafeteria so yeah Amazing. nice um we'll see you next sunday been a fun show. Yep. Next Sunday, 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Loud and queer. You can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on Sin Nation at sin.org.au. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud.